I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, and welcome to Come for Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook, and serial dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food, chat about life, and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs, artists, actors, authors, and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe. And if you enjoy it, rate it, review it, share it, and tell your friends, as it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Come for Supper podcast. Today's guest is a woman who knows her food. A registered nutritionist, cookbook author, TEDx speaker, host of her very own Food for Thought podcast and regular feature on national TV news. She is the wonderful Rhiannon Lambert. Oh gosh, hello. Hello, how are you? (laughs) Very well, that's such a lovely introduction and it's so nice to actually be here with you babe because we go way back. (laughs) Way back, I was going to say, I feel like we need to tell everyone that we've known each other, gosh, for, I mean it must be coming up to eight nine it is eight or nine years because i met you when i was working in a cafe in parsons green just when i was finishing uni yeah we've worn a lot of hats we have definitely we've definitely done a lot we didn't know we'd be here right now different totally different careers pivoted different you had you had punch seeds yeah i was i was making seeds running a snack company yes you were you were doing multiple things i was but running a cafe running a cafe being one of them yeah and and still studying yeah i was and i wasn't i was undecided if i was going to go and do my master's at that point after I graduated I remember speaking to you about it being yeah. like oh do I want to go back and it was expensive uni? it was I couldn't afford it and yeah but look and at us now it. and here you are and I have to say you're probably going to blush again it's been really amazing watching you kind oh. of excel beyond belief and I've watched you with a very proud heart do you think you could share a little bit with everyone else about how you got to where you are now because I know it's it's a long story but it's a it's a good story <laughs> 
Okay. Um, well, thank you. I'm right, right back at you. It's, it's actually very special to have these kind of moments and the fact we can do this podcast is lovely. So I didn't obviously think nutrition was going to be my kind of bread and butter ever. I'm a soprano first and foremost. So the music industry was my, my life. And another strange thing is that the very building we're sat in now, as I just met you in the entrance hall. This is so funny. This, this I can't is believe it. where I signed my record deal when I was 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Fate. Um, fate. And I haven't been to this building since. So, yeah, it's funny how things happen. So I won a competition online with Classic FM when I turned 17. And my family aren't really musical, so no musical background there. Um, bless them. Can't really sing a note. It's just something <laughs> I, I kind of could always do. And I got moved up to London to sign the deal here in this building um, and was offered the most incredible opportunity to have tuition with the Royal Academy of Music at the time. But they didn't pay for... Um, living so back then it was handing out cvs on oxford street that that was what i did and i got a job from that moment in karen millen so i had two offers karen millen and um accessorize it was a close call but i did go, <laughs> I did go with karen millen although looking back i just think maybe i'd have got more out of the job if i'd gone accessorize yeah, i think i would have gone accessorize gotta yeah, say because karen millen, you only got a percentage off yeah, you weren't really i love those earrings things. and stuff yeah me too so anyway life decisions that happened for a reason i suppose and throughout that time period, the record industry days for me, I was in it for about three or four years, was just like one big waiting game. And it was extremely depressing because you were just waiting for your moment that would, for me, obviously never came. And it was in 2008, leading up to 2010 time, when the economy crashed and all the labels were going bust or EMI was being taken over by someone else. And it, it was a very kind of turbulent time. And classical crossover, which is what I'd been signed to do, suddenly wasn't really quite mainstream anymore. I mean, you'd had people like Catherine Jenkins mm -hmm. and the whole direction of the music industry was changing. As we know now, we're all online with iTunes and Spotify and that kind of stuff wasn't there then. So that was happening. But my health at that point and my mental health particularly I can look back on it with a, a fresh kind of pair of eyes now, but at the time you were far from fresh. You didn't understand what was going on. I, I would say, looking back, I was depressed. I was malnourished, probably verging on disordered eating, mm -hmm. but didn't know it because it was normal. It was like everyone around me wasn't fueling themselves properly, living off diet products. The answer I thought was when I went to a doctor for help and they just put me on antidepressants and said, mm -hmm. off you go. And that for me was a real, oh, well, my doctor said I should do it, so I'll just take them. I basically wasn't very happy. So through kind of, kind of long story short in that chapter, that led me to looking into university careers, move forward to 2021. And mainly because all my friends have been at uni having a good time. You know, I still hadn't done a shot. I did my first shot when <laughs> oh I was my gosh, 21. That's so funny. I love that. <laughs> I know. Really? Really. My gosh, first shot impressive. at 21. That's impressive. And it's because being a soprano or being in an industry where I was living with mature students um, in Camden when I moved to, I, I've moved 13 times in London over yeah. the last few years. And I've never really lived with other students or that kind of vibe. So quite serious people all nationalities it was incredible but anyway I enrolled in a university course in Roehampton University in nutrition and health because the only other thing I had a slight interest in was food so off I go embark upon this career not realizing that it would be so heavily science-based and absolutely nothing like I'd ever done before quite daunting literally did not think I was going to make it past week two 
in tears on the phone to my dad. I remember being like, dad, there is no way I can do this. I'm a musician. I was rubbish and I still am at maths. Um, at school, I was terrible at chemistry, all that kind of stuff. But somehow I think being the underdog, and I think it's like that in life. If you really want something, you make it work. And I think it's because I was doing night shifts. So to pay my way through uni, I was doing library night shifts. So sometimes I wouldn't sleep and then I'd be going to lectures the next day. I still had Karen Millen and I actually um, moved up to Jaeger concession in House of Fraser. Nice. <laughs> I was running the Jaeger stand on Sundays and I was working at the Albert Hall. Which yes. I yes. met you. You worked there for I was a long time. Ten years I worked at the Royal wow. Albert Hall. Doing d- sort of stewarding, ushering, first of all. And then I got Steweding. promoted to box office in my last oh, few very years. Nice. I know. But they were like my family. So yeah, actually, you had your book launch there. I did because it meant so much to yeah. me. It's, it's also it's, a pretty cool yeah. address to have one's book launch at. <laughs> Just come to the Royal Albert Hall casually for my book launch. Yeah. It, I had to be somewhere that was special. And they're the only family because I, I have a very turbulent kind of of family background but they're the only constant in my life yeah, in so London important, that. yeah so yeah. I know I know everyone there from the the guys on security at stage door all the way through to the oldest ushers mm. that are there the people in the kitchen it, all departments you kind of know everyone um but I graduated from uni with first class degree congratulations thank you and went straight in after we had that discussion I remember back in the day to do my master's degree I, I did obesity risks and prevention from there, I went on to realise that having a clinic and a practice and all the part-time jobs that I've done over the years, because it's very difficult to just make a living out of having clients for, for a nutritionist yeah. that's just graduated. So I had so, so many different jobs. But I went on to do a master practitioner, and I am a master practitioner, in psychological interventions to disordered eating. And that's because without understanding why you do what you do, you can't really give your clients the best advice. Yeah. So you can tell them, go and eat this or change this. this. Help you. Yeah. But they need to know why. And I need to understand what's led them to this point in their life. So I'm able to help them further. And from there, babe, it's been, as you know, I got approached with my book deal when I had about... It's been a roller coaster. followers on Instagram. Yeah, it's yeah. been a roller coaster. Up, an upwards roller coaster, I would say. That's very kind. Yeah, um, I think it has been. The ups, the, the, the downs are things you don't really share as much. Yeah. I'm trying to do more of that now. You are an incredibly busy bee. Do yes. you do you ever find time to entertain? Do you like to entertain? Right. So, growing up, yes, I love entertaining. And I think back when I was at university, and um, I would always try and throw little kind of um, parties for other people at their flats, and I would always be the one volunteering to cook or bring a dish. And um, even more recently, at my um, one of the kind of businessy meetings I had, I bought the dessert, I bought the crumble. Love off. that. Yeah. So if I have time, but now it's it's a struggle and I have to put things in the diary. It's embarrassing, like four or five months in advance yeah. if I want to do something social. But I, I, I make the most of it. And you make, make the most of it and you make a crumble. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there's always that. <laughs> so what's a bit of a signature move? When you do have the time to entertain, yeah. you've got all the time in the world. So you've got six girls coming over for dinner. What 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 are you going to cook? What do we get oh, when we come okay. for supper? So everyone that knows me will know I'm obsessed with aubergine. and I, I love aubergine. Oh, babe, totally. It's my favourite thing. I couldn't live without it. there an amazing aubergine dish in your book? There, um, there, are, there are quite a few yeah. aubergine dishes, actually. Yeah. I do like an aubergine. Because, yeah, in London, because I, re- I remember looking through... But I love making things like miso aubergine dishes. Mm, delicious. People, um, a 
good fish, like a nice grilled kind of Yum. fish dish. But now a lot of my friends are turning, well, we're all kind of trying to reduce animal and dairy consumption a lot more. So we're doing more plant-based meals. Yeah, I think everyone is actually. Yeah, we, tofu a, a lot dishes. Of us do. I think tofu dishes are so simple and easy and you can actually get it to taste incredible. I kind of like frying them off on each side in the, in the pan. I know a lot of people like baked tofu. So you also, you'll get like a kind of, hunk of cho- uh, hunk chunk a hunk and then chunk. slice sli- well, slice it in half so it'd be like a tofu steak that's what you've got it. it exactly and put it down and then roast some cauliflower as yeah. well a bit of tahini lots of pomegranates it's that kind of I-, I guess it's inspired from different cultures i don't really do traditional english dishes even renourish in the book a lot of it is taken from fusion, fusion but, which foods. i know has fusion the word fusion has such a sort of like dated tone yeah. to it but essentially otolenghi food is fusion yeah and that's um, a lot of the by. best uh, like food that we love is fusion mm. food it's kind of mixing tahini as well as miso they're yes. com- from completely even different nut areas. butter i find if you add yeah. nut butter almond butter yes into broccoli in a pan yeah. or Yum, something delicious and i'm not a chef like you I'm, I'm not but i like things that are quick and easy yeah. so i find stuff like that that i can just roast or quickly yeah. fry peanut butter and miso actually we do oh. a peanut butter miso tofu Delicious. dish thing, and it's yeah, it's a winner. Okay, yeah. cool. So nice, easy, nice and easy. Always with a crumble. Lots of plants. <laughs> always with a crumble. <laughs> always with a crumble. That's um, figs, if possible. Yeah, you love a fig. Mm. You do love a fig. You love a fig in your breakfast. Obsessed. Don't you? I love figs so much that where I'm actually choosing to get married, I know there are fig trees. There are fig trees. Yes. Yeah. Well, congratulations that you're getting Thank married. You. So exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. And what about first memories, early memories of dinner parties, either one that you ent- um, hosted or entertained at or maybe something like with your family or friends or one of those? Oh, gosh. I think the earliest memories would be, because um, I don't think my family did dinner parties much, apart from the usual kind of you go visit your cousins or they yeah. come over at the weekend. So it would be when I moved up to London and I was suddenly thrust into this life of all these students from the Royal Academy of Music and they were all so much older than me because mm-hmm. I would have been 17, 18 yeah, and they just were all really young. 26, 27 cooking in this person's flat and I remember there was this amazing guy and I can't remember his nationality or culture but he cooked a Thai curry but it was his kind of thing you know and he did it properly where the oils rise to Yum. the top and I remember him showing me and I was overwhelmed by how grown up it felt you know to be yeah. in someone's flat and there are all these kind of older kids and they're all cooking the food and for me I'd had no guidance on how to even cook when I moved out I was living on porridge to be honest for dinner and breakfast sometimes it was on the bread line on the bread line or because you didn't know how to cook both bit of both completely both I had no money yeah um and I was financing everything myself all that was covered was my music lessons at the time so and the part-time job barely covered the rent in Camden for me so I was trying to save money but also that I hadn't ever really been taught to cook cook my mum cooked loads but it wasn't something I took an interest in as much growing up when was it that you became interested in it then I think it would be when I became fascinated with food for the wrong reasons yeah yeah which is I think more common than we think actually with a lot of people who work in that industry and it was learning that diet products actually were tasteless and I didn't want a low calorie wafer bar yeah (laughs) (laughs) you wanted a digestive or a crumble yes or an actual granola bar like something really decent so I think I really became just you know fascinated by food in my late teens early 20s and then obviously became working in it and working in the kind of health element of it it's like my savior it completely saved me the knowledge of food it's changed my whole life so you must, I mean, working as a nutritionist, also in this kind of social media industry, there must be a bit of a pressure to kind of practice what you preach. It's interesting. 
interesting you say that because I think I thought that would be the case at the start. But now I'm finding a lot more that people really appreciate it, um, having a social media platform when they see that you're not this perfect. Yeah, you know, so you individual. do do that. You do just, you know, yeah. not, not sign off the clot because I don't think no. it, like, again, it's so important not to kind of demonize food and say things are good and bad. But mm-hmm. there are times where you don't necessarily have to kind of dissect all the kind of nutritional elements of something you're eating you can just eat it just to eat it just to enjoy it and it's taken many years to get to that point don't get me wrong but um i know what makes my body feel good and what doesn't so if i go out and i i do have an incredible let's say a few glasses of wine and a pizza or something Mm -hmm. at a celebration i know i'll feel pretty rough the next day and then i probably want to be really what i call well for my body or my soul again the next day and maybe just have a chili stir fry or something it's it's just getting that kind of balance yeah works for you but I also love sharing now on my social the retrition platforms you know a few recipes that do contain a fair bit of sugar because it's in moderation yeah and I think taste is something that should be seen as part of nutrition as well if you lose the love for food it's very difficult to create a sustainable lifestyle a healthy lifestyle yeah. with it you've got to have that balance that you can indulge occasionally i think in ayurveda i don't know much about it but sweet is an element that actually has to be satisfied which is why there's often Mm -hmm. kind of sweet element in foods and apparently we as humans i mean i know i'm often not satisfied unless i've had something sweet yeah we're we're not satisfied Mm. until we've had kind of fulfilled all those little areas yeah and i think everyone's satisfaction rating can come from somewhere very deep within them Mm. it can also be an emotional form of satisfaction and we we eat for various reasons because we're stressed we're hungry we're tired bored bored. yeah you you name it you know you could have an argument one day and that changes your food choice that evening so we really need to be more in tune with ourselves and aware of looking after our inner self and food can be a form of that so you have your own podcast food Mm. for thought is is this the kind of thing you're talking about on it like talk us a little bit more about okay what it's about so food for thought started in my head it was about i would say nearly two years ago now and it took a long time to get off the ground. So it was something where, because I had a lot of VIP clients and very interesting characters that I thought would be really beneficial for people to hear their experiences with food. So having people on like um, Lisa Snowden talked very openly mm-hmm. about her experience working on Capital Breakfast in the morning. And from my music industry days, um, we've, we've had Gary Barlow on. Yeah, we've had I James McVeigh. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Some incredible people that have been around the world and shared their experience with food. But it's now developed into what I call... A nutritional educational hub Mm -hmm. so this morning i recorded an episode on climate change and one on sleep interesting sleep is very important oh my goodness i'm really i'm really trying to sleep more just wait till you hear this episode are you speaking to the person that wrote the book why we sleep so matthew walker is is in america okay he's in america but we had um dr guy meadows on this morning who runs the sleep clinics in the uk and he's head of that research here and actually we had a professor that was on the netflix documentary with david attenborough as well doing climate change so i get to interview leading experts in the world doing what they're doing i did one on pollution because it fascinates me so it's become an educational hub where we touch on nutrition and all of them because everything links back to food yeah even pollution how is that affecting our agriculture or our farming but also our health and then the food choices we could make it's all one 360 degree picture 
but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Actually, it's very obviously Aww. I love it. I've recently got into podcasts, as you can tell. Yeah, no, it's great. I think they're such a free, accessible resource, and we've all got time to kill on a commute. Yeah, or Why like not? It, I've started running and listening to them, which That's has a been good idea. Yeah, I find it much easier. Yeah, or in the than, gym. Mm. Yeah, than than listening to music. It's like a kind of you set your own beat. Yeah, I mean, slightly off topic. <laughs> anyway, back. Let's bring it back to the kitchen. Okay. So. I definitely find when I speak to people that they often have a fear of entertaining because they think things might go wrong. And the reality is that things go wrong for all of us. And I I love asking this question, actually. Okay. Has there ever been a time where things have just, you've just mucked up in the kitchen and it's gone wrong? Normally, I say it has to be when you're entertaining, but I know that you do, you write cookbooks, you do recipes, you also do a lot of demos. Oh, gosh. So, you know, (laughs) you know, spill it all out. Um, Okay, well, probably something's gone wrong in all of those different scenarios. (laughs) Um, The most memorable one will be I was cooking for BBC Good Food last year, last summer. It was a festival. Festival, okay. On stage, I think there are about 100 or plus people in the room. You're all mic'd up. I'm all mic'd up. We can't escape. And I was cutting an avocado, but it's very difficult cooking and being interviewed about yourself at the same time. You, it's really hard. And I don't, I've never had a knife skills um, class. Yeah. Which I really want to book now because I think it's going to be a useful thing. But you, you can see what's coming here. Basically, I sliced my thumb open cutting an avocado, oh. but I couldn't really say anything. But the blood was kind of dropping in the mixture. So oh it's my kind gosh! Of like, I know it's, it's disgusting. And there was a camera floating down, so I was trying to hold my thumb with two fingers, and then I switched to just using my left hand, which is not my I'm right-handed. Yeah. And I had to finish the demo with my left hand. And no one actually noticed until the end when I couldn't physically pick up the plate. Showed my girl, just by the way, I've cut my (laughs) hand on an avocado. Please don't do this at home. But for me, that feeling inside of everyone With lots of people watching. Yeah, Yeah, thankfully, you just got to... My performer vibes help me keep going. Good. You know how to keep I know how to keep going. But Ronnie did it recently. So my second book with Ronnie that came out on May 16th, Top of Your Game. He was doing a live demo on, I think it was this morning... And he did the whole thing one-handed because, because just like me, he sliced his hand. But he had it behind his back. And then they even made a joke, Eamon and Ruth, saying, um, oh, you're so good. You just look so cash in the kitchen, you know, doing it one-handed <laughs> like this. And, and I mean, they say it's a true chef who cuts themselves. All true yeah. chefs will have cuts, you know, cuts and on their hands. And you have to put the blue scars. plasters on. Yeah, that. Yeah. So, but, you know, a nice skills class. Maybe, mm. maybe that's wedding gift. Nice skills class. That's Definitely really one to ask for. Good idea. Yes, thank you. No, I mean just because I know you, I guess, and also from following me on social media, that you you do love to go out. You do enjoy a kind of good meal and like oh. fantastic restaurants and yes. dining dining out. Have, can you talk to us about maybe one of the best dining experiences that you've ever had? Well, it, the best dining experience for me is where I've got the best memories. Yeah. So that's why I just want to make it very clear because I've been to so many incredible food places I couldn't possibly pick one that was like the epitome. But I think it's where I've got special memories. And one of the first special kind of date places I went with Billy, my fiancé, is Chotomate. And Which is just around the corner from where we are, actually. Just around the corner from where we are. It's and sort of Pan-Asian sushi... It, my favourite yeah. types of food and they have the most delicious miso aubergine dish that's I when I tried go. I'm going to have to try it it's so good and I went when it opened with Billy and ever since it's been one of my favourite restaurants in London 
I've, I've just got the most incredible, I mean, the flavors there. And I never, I've, I know the chefs now and they always tell me when they've got like a new veg mm-hmm. that they've got in that they're experimenting with or a new flavor sauce. But then another place I think has to get a shout out is Daisy Green Food because... Yes, I see you like, you like oh, it there as well. Their, their collection has grown so quickly in such a short space of time. They've got Aussie inspired kind of brunch menu, um, grill kind of themes it's just divine good food and all the different restaurants have a different kind of theme mm-hmm. so you'll have one that's got a very kind of modern cool open architectural vibe another that's got flowers on the roof that's very um like a magic kind of fairy tale world but yeah i mean like you we get to experience some pretty cool foodie places in the food world yeah i know chato mate is definitely one i've seen you mm. go to and it's on my list I'm, yes, i have to go must. there we well, should go there yes and then worst thing that you've ever been cooked, and you don't have to mention who cooked it or where you ate it, but worst thing, or kind of thing that you really had to eat and didn't want to eat, because <laughs> we've all had those too. I never ate red meat, um, and a family scenario, I remember being served, um, in fact, this is, this is actually goes to show what how society's changed. It was very unusual to be the person at the table that didn't eat an actual pork sausage. And to be served that kind of thing at a table at a kind of special occasion, I can't name drop who who it is or where it was, but I had no choice but to eat it because yeah. it was disrespectful not to eat the food. And honestly, at that point in time, because it's just it's just me, I'm not really into that kind of stuff. I felt physically sick. Yeah, it, it, there's nothing you could do. So you feel kind of queasy, like you need to vomit. Things. Have you seen that episode in Friends where Phoebe eats the? I think she eats me or something with her because she's a vegetarian. Oh, and then yeah. she, she's at her yeah. boyfriend's really, like, well-to-do family. And then she, she like, has to run off. And oh, no. I'm just so I thought that you were going to say Rachel when she put the beef in the trifle. Oh, that, God, that's funny. also, that's funny yeah. and brilliant. God, <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's brilliant. <laughs> so what's, what's in the pipeline for you for the rest of the year? I know that you've got lots of exciting things happening. Gosh, yes. So um, some writing projects underway nice. at the moment, which is exciting. Another book, or you can't say. Well, potentially. potentially. You can read into that how cool. you like. <laughs> which is going um, very well. But obviously the wedding's the big thing for me in yes. my personal life. So I'm really trying to take a step back and enjoy how far things are kind of going yeah. for me. It's going to be the dinner party of the year. Well, yeah, I, I love That's a big project to plan. I love the idea of planning all the food for that. So that's something I need to get my teeth stuck into a little bit but there's a, there's a lot I mean the podcast is the biggest thing at the moment yeah that takes a lot of organizing and also um the clinics the nutrition clinics growing so quickly and there's a few potential tv things coming up so very very exciting yeah I'm just enjoying it and partnering with some incredible brands um I'm working with Deliveroo at the moment and we're trying to make healthier food options more accessible to the masses so if you think about it I've got to say it's, it's rubbish like you know when you're when you go onto those things and you look for something healthy you're just it's so unappealing it's really sad and i think we're lucky in london to have access to amazing restaurants that Mm. could be on there but the minute you leave we just it's not fair the choices just are not out there for everyone so that's kind of a passion project as well as an amazing opportunity i have that's exciting slightly dangerous but also exciting (laughs) just wait you'll all be ordering yeah we'll, we'll all be on it um so I come from a family where we actually, we love to sing. It's funny that you said that your family yes. don't love to sing. Yes. Um, and I normally ask people what their kind of party trick is, but I mm-hmm. sort of knew that you would say that you could sing because I know that you can sing. Yes. What's your favorite <laughs> song to sing? 
Right. Um, I wouldn't say it was my... Oh, I've got so many favourites. The favourite kind of ones are really deep, depressing ones. At okay. the moment, I'm loving a song called With You from Ghost the Musical. Okay, you love Ghost the Musical. I yeah. absolutely... You love a musical. Yeah, I do love a bit of musical theatre. And I think the song that I always sing the most is Time to Say Goodbye. I yeah. think it's just because okay. everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. And it was the first song I learned to sing in Italian. So it's the first kind of Italian lyrical experience I had. And that, that's my, yeah, they'd be my go-to. So that's sort of your party trick when, yeah. you, when, you are, when you're next oh, come out for supper bag. there you go <laughs> so we're coming to the end and i'm going to draw upon your nutritional wisdom and mm. ask three things that one should always have in the cupboard to throw a quick and preferably healthy dinner party dish okay um nutritious i should say well in terms of nutritious items i always say have a bag of frozen berries in your freezer yeah great because mm-hmm. at least you've got a kind of dessert element covered mm-hmm. but also that can be useful for mains if you need a few little bits of yeah. fruit to spice up a salad or something um i always have a can of something like flagellate beans or butter beans yeah. in the cupboard i just think beans are really good at bulking dishes up as yeah. well so affordable you can make so many things out of can don't be scared of canned food yeah canned tomatoes True. yeah canned tomatoes brilliant oh, canned beans i was gonna so say accessible. i lived off canned tomatoes canned beans and seeds when i was an art student i'm not just surprised because it was easy seeds. yeah yeah seeds. <laughs> love seeds okay canned beans and i would say have for most people out there probably having a pack of eggs in your kitchen yeah, is very eggs, useful winner such a staple when yeah. it comes to making recipes and ingredients and again very affordable they'd be they'd be my three your top three things and yeah. do you do you do you usually always have them in your cupboard at home then yeah yeah, definitely. I think the other thing I always have is also a bag of oats. Oats are a lot more versatile than people realise. They're not just breakfast items. Yeah, you can no. definitely add things to lunch and dinner with oats. Like a crumble. Yes. Like yes. A crumble. You see what I mean? It's fat. It is obviously my favourite dessert. <laughs> so, last question. If you could have three people, anyone in the world, to your ultimate dinner party, they can be alive, dead, they can be fictional, they can be from Disney, who would you have and why? When you threw the Disney thing in, that really did just make me go, oh, actually. Is that dangerous? Yeah, you like her. It was was dangerous, but actually I kind of want to keep that where it is. So I think the first would be Whitney Houston. Amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. she's just in yeah the talent what a talent and i just don't think you get voices that are showcased really or... hard life though did you watch her, oh my her gosh. documentary this yeah just heartbreaking yeah absolutely the family and the marriage yeah. and everything i i just and then her daughter gosh it's oh really upsetting isn't it goodness yeah so she's i just think an incredible woman or was an incredible person i think she'd be amazing now the next one's an unusual one I'm obsessed with, like, the Tudor history. Okay. So... Dark horse. <laughs> yeah, you probably haven't heard this, but I'm obsessed with Philippa Gregory books. Yeah. And anything yeah. that's basically... The other Berlin girl and all of this. You've yeah. got it. And then I thought I would love to interview the first Queen Elizabeth... Yes. leading on to the Elizabethan era because she was the first woman, I think, obviously the longest reigning monarch before our queen currently now. And I think being a woman in that day and age where still obviously there were no equality or equal rights and she never married and that must have been a huge yeah. pressure on her shoulders constantly and threat from invading countries because she didn't have a king or a male on the throne. Anyway, so that's me going off on one. But I genuinely think she'd be a fascinating dinner party Yeah, guest. great dinner party conversation. And then the last one... I love Moulin Rouge. 
Yeah, me too. And I think Nicole Kidman would just be amazing. Ooh, yes, to have Nicole her Kidman would be seat. great. Like she probably has been, and she'd have stories about every Hollywood actor or actress. Yeah. All the goss. Yeah, she'd have all the goss. Proper talent. She's worked with some incredible directors and film directors. And musically speaking, she's also had to learn to sing. Yeah, I was going to say she can sing. As yes. can you, McGregor. That was. Oh weird. Do you remember gosh. when Moulin Rouge came out and everyone was like, "Oh my god, he can sing." Obsessed. And I loved you, McGregor. It's very. And so in yeah. my world, it was very. They either hate his voice or loved it. Love I it. loved it. I thought yeah. the personality in his voice was incredible. It's not very operatic, though, is no. it? But it's it's great. No, but it's raw and it's it's yeah. great. You really feel you feel it, and that's what I love about it. So yeah, they. I love that soundtrack. It's, yeah, the dream. Absolutely. And what would you cook them? Oh, I would probably cook them. I'm trying to think what they'd all eat. It would be interesting because I've got Queen Elizabeth there, you see. So her palate's probably not... not sure she'd eat tofu. Not as diverse, no, or a Thai curry. Yeah, maybe not. Which is normally a go-to for me as well. So I think I might just have to do a roast dinner. Yeah. But a good roast dinner in the sense where I don't just want peas to be the only vegetables on the table. I would love to do some kind of like parmesan parsnips yum or, um, yeah love yum that i bet she'd stuff. love that yeah i think she could deal with that yeah and- <laughs> so thank you thank you so much for coming on it's been so amazing to see you oh, it's been an absolute pleasure it's really lovely to speak about these kind of things and we've got so many lovely memories so thank you for having me thank you again and then just if people are looking for you of online offline where can they find you um, so very accessible these days um, online. I have a YouTube channel, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Retrition. All at Retrition. All at Retrition. Or you can just email the clinic to book in uh, retrition.com, info at Retrition. And you do lots of supper clubs and events and you're always yeah. doing these kind of things. So oh, can people find constantly. that on your website? Yeah, they can subscribe to the newsletter and I constantly let people know. I mean, if you look at the events section on the website, there's always some cooking demo or okay. something coming up. <laughs> so watch out for my knife skirt. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you liked it, rate it, review it, talk about it, share it, and invite your friends around for supper. This has been a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.